Welcome to Dark Adaptation, and thank you for joining our bi-weekly segment, Missing, Murdered, Mysterious, where we highlight unsolved cases of missing people, homicides, and mysterious deaths with a focus on BIPOC in North America. Today's case focuses on the unsolved murder of a woman named Nadine Grzynski. And the family is still waiting for some answers. We've learned a Canadian woman is missing. Family says they have done all that was in their hands to find their loved one. I just want him to make it home to us. Pleading for help from the public to find their family member. Car was empty, the motor still running. The driver's side door was open. The Lincoln area of the Niagara region of southwestern Ontario is in the heart of Ontario's wine country and is made up of small, sparsely populated communities. To the north of these communities is the QEW, which is a major highway that connects Toronto to the Niagara region and runs alongside Lake Ontario. Vineland is a community in the center of Lincoln. It's quaint and surrounded by farms and fields. Regional Road 24, also known as Victoria Avenue, is a main road, sort of a small highway, that runs through Vineland and can be used to access the little communities and conservation areas in the Niagara Peninsula. During the day, cruising down Victoria Avenue could make for a beautiful drive, but at night, the roads in this area are dim and desolate. During one of these desolate nights, the body of a young woman was dumped off the side of the road in a ditch near the intersection of Victoria Avenue and 8th Avenue. Her body laid there for a day before it was discovered by two passing cyclists on May 8, 1999. She was face up in the ditch, wearing nothing but knee-high stockings, and no attempt had been made to conceal or cover her body. There were no active missing person reports that matched this woman's description, and no one had sought out the police asking if their loved one had been located. Since the police weren't able to identify her, she remained in the morgue as a Jane Doe. Ultimately, police took the unusual step of releasing a photo of her face to the public that they had taken in the morgue, hoping someone knew who she was. This unusual step paid off, and almost after three weeks, Jane Doe was finally identified. She was 26-year-old Nadine Grzynski, who was primarily living in Toronto at the time of her death. Toronto is a nearly 100-kilometer drive north around Lake Ontario. Investigators were left wondering how she got to this remote area and why she wasn't reported missing. After identifying Nadine, Niagara Regional Police started a homicide investigation. She had been murdered, but the details of her murder, including her cause of death and the state of her body, weren't initially released. This information was considered holdback evidence at the time, as they are details only the person responsible for her murder would be privy to. Years later, we now know her cause of death was a combination of a broken neck and severe internal injuries. We also know that there was no sign of sexual assault and DNA from her assailant was collected from her body. Something to note is the fact that there was no damage or abuse to her face, which suggested to investigators and criminal profilers that the assailant had some sort of relationship with Nadine. Even though the police didn't release her cause of death in the early days of their investigation, they did release a key piece of information. Two days before her body was discovered, 
Nadine was last seen with a man around 11.30 p.m. on May 6, 1999, leaving the strip club that she worked at. Nadine is said to have been seen with this man on multiple occasions in the days prior to her murder. An artist rendering of this man was released to the media in October 1999, and a photo is available on our Instagram, which is linked in the show notes. The man in the sketch is white, and he's described as being in his late 20s, six feet tall with a medium build, short brown hair, and he was clean shaven. Remember, this case is from 1999, so the composite sketch is 24 years old, and the investigators with Niagara Regional Police are requesting the public to be mindful of the fact that the man's appearance will have changed by this point. The guy's in his, like, mid-50s now. Personally, I think it would be helpful if the police released an updated, age-progressed composite sketch. Unfortunately, I don't have much information about Nadine. Most of the information I found came from an episode of To Catch a Killer, which is also linked in our show notes. Nadine was from Jamaica. In 1990, she met a man named Paul Grzynski when he went to Montego Bay. They hit it off, and by 1992, she had moved to Canada. Not long after that, she found out she was pregnant with a beautiful baby girl who they named Heather. When Heather was only a year old, Paul and Nadine's relationship fell apart. Paul says there had been violence and volatility in their marriage, telling a woman he was dating after he and Nadine separated that Nadine would lash out at him and become physically violent. Nadine had also begun expressing her desire to return home to Jamaica, that she wasn't happy in Canada, especially in the lonesome Niagara region where she had been living with Paul. Paul and his family were from Niagara, St. Catharines to be exact. He was living about 30 kilometers or 18.5 miles away from where her body was found. But before you let your mind wander, remember what I said. Police had DNA from the perpetrator and it did not match Paul's, so he was eliminated as a suspect in Nadine's murder. Although Nadine wasn't happy in Canada, she didn't return to Jamaica. Instead, she decided she was leaving Niagara for Toronto, and she wanted to take Heather with her. Paul was against this. He didn't want to be separated from his daughter, especially when Nadine didn't appear to have the most stable life. So he filed for custody of Heather, through the courts, and was eventually awarded full custody of their daughter. By 1996, Nadine was estranged from both Paul and Heather. At the time of her murder, she was working as an exotic dancer in Mississauga at a strip club called Maryland's. But she also kept a small apartment in St. Catharines and is believed to have been working in St. Catharines as well. Statistically, women in the adult entertainment industry are predisposed to violence and a high-risk lifestyle. While it has never been confirmed, there's a possibility that Nadine was leading a much higher-risk lifestyle than anyone knew. She could have been doing escort work on the side or potentially struggling with drug use or drug dependency. A fellow dancer who knew Nadine said she was not an escort, she did not have a pimp, didn't do drugs, and she said she did not have a boyfriend. If these claims are true, that likely rules out escort work and drug dependency as a gateway factor into a situation that led to her murder. But something interesting this fellow dancer did say was that Nadine would leave the club with just about anyone if she needed a ride. Paul, Nadine's estranged husband, also said this. He said Nadine wasn't afraid of anyone or anything, 
and would accept rides without a second thought. Speedy cabs were a common mode of transportation for dancers of strip clubs in the 90s. Speedy cabs is a generic term for unlicensed drivers, so the driver isn't subjected to background or criminal checks, meaning these drivers could be anyone. One theory as to how Nadine ended up murdered and her body disposed of in Niagara is that she accepted a ride from a speedy cab driver, a driver she might have hitched rides with in the past and was familiar with, and through some sort of argument over an unwanted sexual proposition or something along those lines, she was murdered when the driver was rejected and got angry. Maybe he was thinking he was owed a favor because he's given her rides before. Or if they were acquainted, maybe he was developing feelings for her or had become infatuated. So when he was rejected, he snapped. These thoughts are purely speculative on my part, but they do align with investigators' theory that the perpetrator knew Nadine due to the lack of physical abuse to her face. It also aligns with the fact that she was primarily living in the Toronto area, but was found in the Niagara region, meaning the person who disposed of her body in such a remote area had to have had a vehicle. Like I said, speedy cab drivers are unlicensed, so they aren't monitored the way registered and licensed drivers are, giving them more freedom to go where they want, when they want. Mobility is a huge factor in Nadine's case. Like I said in the introduction of this episode, the QEW is to the north of the area where Nadine's body was dumped. It's only eight kilometers or four miles away. The QEW is a major highway used for fast, easy transportation for anyone from commuters and tourists to truck drivers and cab drivers. The QEW can take someone from the Toronto area right to the Canada-US border. Maryland's was situated right near a truck stop. If Nadine didn't hitch a ride with a speedy cab driver, it's possible she hitched a ride with a truck driver who was heading Niagara Way. Remember, she had an apartment in St. Catharines, so it's possible she wanted to head that way and got a ride from the wrong person. Another theory is that Nadine wasn't murdered by a speedy cab driver or a truck driver, but instead by a regular patron of the strip club. Some men who frequent strip clubs become infatuated with certain dancers and develop a fantasy-based relationship with them. This fantasy can sometimes evolve into an obsession that leads to stalking. The man will start following the woman outside of the club, to their homes, stores, the gym, anywhere that they frequent, and in some instances, they even break into the woman's house to steal personal belongings or hang out in their space. Is it possible someone took their infatuation with Nadine too far? Could this person be the man in the composite sketch that was said to have been seen with Nadine on multiple occasions before her murder? The last theory I'll touch on is the possibility that Nadine was murdered by a serial killer. In the mid-2000s, the body of a young woman was discovered dumped near the intersection of Victoria Avenue and 7th Avenue. This is only 889 meters north of where Nadine had been dumped. Remember, this area of Niagara is isolated. The fact that multiple bodies of young women have been dumped here is unusual and shows a potentially startling pattern. Over a 10-year span, Nadine and seven other women who had similar lifestyles were murdered and disposed of in the Niagara region. Casey Chikachi and Diane Dimitri were found murdered, but it was determined they were killed by a man named Michael Durant. 
He was convicted of murdering Casey and Diane, and his DNA was compared to outstanding cases in the area, including Nadine's, but it didn't match, so he can be ruled out as a suspect. But there are the five unsolved murders of Don Stewart, who was found in 1996, Susan Gorley in 2001, Felicia Floriani, who went missing in 2002, but her remains were found in 2012, Kimlin Tolgis in 2002, and Margaret Jugaro in 2004. In 2006, Niagara Regional Police announced they were investigating whether these unsolved murders were connected. But basically, in a nutshell, they said, no, they are not connected, and no, they are not actively searching for a serial killer. Whether this is true or they don't want to scare the public is up for debate. Regardless, the serial killer theory is a possibility to some. While we don't know exactly what happened to Nadine that night and who was responsible for her death, we do know she was murdered, the case is unsolved, and the perpetrator is still out there. Nadine was primarily living in Toronto, and at the time of her death, she was working at the former strip club Maryland's as an exotic dancer, where she often went by the names Sammy, Samantha, or Melissa. Her body was found in the Niagara town of Lincoln, four kilometers south of the community of Vineland, on May 8, 1999. She was a black woman standing at 5'4 and weighed approximately 130 pounds. She had long, dark brown hair, but when she was dancing, she typically wore a long black wig. She had straight, white teeth and a nose piercing. Specifically, she wore a stud in her left nostril. At the time of her death, her fingernails and toenails were painted. If she sounds familiar to you, or if you have any information about her murder, please contact the Niagara Regional Police Homicide Unit online at niagaratips.ca or by phone at 905 905- 688-4111, extension 4200. To leave an anonymous tip, contact Crime Stoppers of Niagara online at crimestoppersniagara.com or by phone at 1-800-222-TIPS. The investigation into the unsolved homicide of Nadine Grzynski remains open, so any and all tips are helpful and could lead investigators to the person or persons responsible for her murder. Thank you for listening to this episode of Missing Murdered Mysterious. Please share this episode so we can continue spreading Nadine Grzynski's story, and hopefully, one day, we can help bring answers to her loved ones. Call it the missing white woman search syndrome. <laughs> if there's a missing white woman, we're going to cover that every day. Black kids stay on the news cycle for about a day, maybe, and then they fall off the news cycle. An epidemic of missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Indigenous women face a murder rate six times the national average. 